we're here at Indie Handshake, edición de Lucha Libre, and we're here with Diablo Azteca. How you doing, brother? Shitty, but nah, I'm all right. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> How are you coping <laughs> with these uh, COVID times and uh, Lucha Libre and COVID times? Um, like everyone else, not really wrestling right now, but still training through Zoom. Yeah, how, uh, how, how's that going? Like, what does that entail? Just going over like promos, psychology, skits, a um, bunch of a stuff that's basically out of the ring. Okay, a lot of that. Yeah, you don't see a lot of uh, a lot of lucha luchadores like um, focus on things like that. You know, like usually it's uh, you know they don't do a lot of promo classes. They don't do a lot of uh, uh, watching tapes stuff like that. So that's kind of refreshing to see that that you guys are doing that. So. I'd like to start off, um, first of all, I'm going to shout out, I'm wearing a Diablo Azteca t-shirt right here, and uh, he'll give you some information on where to grab that. I actually need a uh, smaller size, because I can drop some weight, and this is too big on me now. Uh, but I'd like to start off uh, with how we met, and I think the first time I met you was uh, at a Los Baños show. I think you were doing an Unmasked gimmick then, and uh, it was a show that was the same night as like Chivas uh, America Classic. So there was like two people in the crowd, maybe, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that's the first time I actually like met you. Um, does that sound right? Yeah, but I want to say I, I was wrestling with a mask. I think, I think it was a uh, I was wrestling against Capirucho. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. I think you did. I think I just met you without the mask backstage. Yeah. And, and then, uh, but be, even before that, we met and we didn't even know each other. Uh, it was oh, at a yeah. metal metal show. At, uh, was it Blake's? Um, Berkeley, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I've, I used to um, be, well, I'm still friends with the band called Savage Machine. The band isn't together anymore, but they would play Blake's all the time. And it was their last show uh, before they disbanded. And it turns out uh, Diablo Azteca was there and uh, I had video of him. <laughs> I was asking him questions about the band and I just never knew uh, who he was or that, you know, later I was going to meet him in the wrestling world. Uh, yeah, no, it was fun, uh, but it was just a trip that I met you there first and then later, you know, years later. And I think uh, after that, it was at, uh, when I was running the um, California Lucha Libre at Arena Hayward. Uh, I remember they brought you in. What was that first match that you worked there? It was me and Mascara Infernal against Mr. Punk and Ice Dragon. Okay. So, yeah, first first time I met those guys. That's another classic we Chivas <laughs> America type right there. Uh, but yeah, you know, we ended up working together for a couple of years, and uh, you ended up being the the tag team champions for California Lucha Libre. And for a while, you and Necrosis were the forever champions because we folded, and you guys yep. were still champions. And <laughs> and then Los Baños opened California Championship Wrestling, and you guys won the titles back there, or. Or did you yeah. guys already have the titles and they just made you defend them or did you have to win them again? I think we had to win them again, but we never lost them in the first place. They were the same exact belt, so. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a trip and that's just the way Lucha Libre works sometimes. So uh, tell me, how did you get involved or how, um, actually before you got involved, how did you even get interested in Lucha Libre and pro wrestling? Oh, man. I think I've been watching since I was like four or five years old. Um, I really have to owe a lot to the legal cable boxes back then. Getting the pay-per-views. <laughs> yeah, those black boxes. Yeah. Getting all the... I think I started watching WCW before I started watching WWF. Um, yeah, then 
started watching Lucha Libre more. I actually think I went to a Lucha Libre show uh, pretty recently. I, lo- I tried looking the card up because I remember being in like kindergarten or first grade and nobody, nobody believed me about this card because mm-hmm. it was like Yokozuna, La Parca, um, Doink the Clown. Oh, that's the one you sent me. Yeah, that's the one I sent you. Yeah. And yeah, I think it was WWO that was touring and it was a lucha show. But I always thought it was a trip because I just remember seeing like Yokozuna getting taken out by taken out by La Parca. <laughs> with like a chair. Damn. Yeah, no, those shows, uh you would hear about them ever so often here in uh, Northern California. Uh I think they ran a lot like South Bay, like San Jose, like Watsonville area. Yeah. But it would come like ever so often. It was it wasn't like a regular thing. I don't remember. Uh, I remember FMLL right behind me. These posters they would come about every five months to San Jose. Did you ever catch an FMLL show? Man, so when I was starting out, like I think 2012, I, there's one guy from Bakersfield. He actually had his booked on an FMLL show. I was like one of those star-studded ones. It's like La Parka was on it. Blue Demon. I forgot who else, but it was just stacked. But I was stoked because we're going to open the show, right? But the dude I went with, this guy named Sexy TJ, right? He's the one that hooked us with the show. And this was, I think, when Rocky was still alive. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, he, he tried, uh, you know, the guy gave us the opening match, but then he kept asking for more. He's just like, hey, can you give us a hotel? Make sure we each have a room and stuff. And, you know, he just kept trying to ask for too much. And then eventually he's just like, nah, you guys are off. <laughs> So yeah. I, ne- I never, I never got to work FML because of that. What made you decide to actually start training, and where did you start training at? I mean, I always knew I wanted to wrestle, but I remember in high school they would show like commercials for NAW, and it looked pretty badass. It was like I remember seeing this one clip. It was Chupacabra doing like a moonsault with a Christmas tree. This is in Fresno, right? Yeah, but the, they were showing clips of shows in Modesto. So I go to hit up the school, right? But I didn't realize by then that the school was already shut down. It was just like bad timing for me. Mm. Um, I ended up, I did end up going uh, to train there eventually, though. But by then, it was started up by some other guy named Red Rhino. But by then, it was pretty shitty training. Okay. Yeah, I haven't heard that name before. Yeah, he's just a. You know, that situation of a guy with the ring. Gotcha. You know how it is. The guy that he doesn't get booked anywhere but owns the ring, so he just starts his own shit. Yeah, there's a couple. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, I remember seeing uh, Lucha Extreme, and it was like that first season. I looked it up online. I was like, dude, this is badass. I, was, I remember seeing like Roquero del Diablo, not the well, second one. Yeah, yeah. his brother. Yeah, yeah his brother. <laughs> It was on there and like mariachi and all these other guys. And I was like, dude, this is pretty legit. It's like a lucha training school in Fresno. So I remember one day I went there and I tried to uh, see about getting trained. No, actually, I think the first time I went, I was trying to get booked, right? Because mm-hmm. there's one uh, announcer there, his name uh, Byron Rush. He saw clips of me and he's just like, hey, you should come. Uh, try to get a trial here. So I went there, but the guys there, it was just like a whole crew of like NorCal guys that were just like, uh, no, no, you gotta go, you gotta go get trained uh, somewhere else. 
Mm. And it was funny though because it's who was like, it? Sorry, who was the trainer there at, at um, Lucha? So at that time they didn't have a trainer. I think it was just Manny Fernandez, but you know he's just fly by night, so yeah, he'll show up, <laughs> leave, come back like months later, if that. But yeah, um, yeah, the guy that told me uh, Mike Rain. He's the one that told me the to go get trained. He's like, I'm not a trainer, right? But you guys need to go get trained somewhere else. So then I go hit up Lucha Extreme School, right? I go there, first day there. Uh, I meet with Lance Cardoza, the promoter, and he's just like, oh, this ain't Lucha. I'm like, well, who's the trainer? He's like, Manny Fernandez, and he hates Lucha. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, the irony, right? Yeah. And then that, what's even more ironic, then Mike Rain ends up being my trainer there, and he's like the one that told me, the first time I came around, dude, go get trained. I'm not a trainer, but yeah, he ended up being my trainer for about four years there. Okay, so Mike Rain w- was your first uh, introduction to actual uh, uh, training, like real training, rolling. Yeah, rolling. yeah. Same with uh, Manny. It's pretty, pretty intense training compared to everything else that I went through up to that point. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, Manny comes from old school. Um, for those who are not familiar, look up the Raging Bull, uh, Manny Fernandez. Uh, so, yeah, I can only imagine, like, what was his – was he still, like, in the mindset of old school, let me just beat you guys up type of deal? Or was he actually, like, you know, pretty hands-on and actually teaching you some? Because he, he has an amateur wrestling background as well, correct? Yeah, he was. He was pretty hands-on, but he was just really in there to stretch crap out of us, though. So. Gotcha. So you still had that old school kind of mentality then. Yeah. And at that point – I was training like four days a week in Fresno. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, Lucha Extreme, uh, I had a brief uh, uh, dealings with them. I actually uh, went to a show with Michael Modest, and he asked me, um, hey, Lance is looking for some Lucha guys from up here. So I took Roquero del Diablo and Golden Lion. And then later I took uh, Roquero number two, or three actually, He, I think he is. Um, and then Manny saw me, and he goes, hey, you speak Spanish? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, cool, you're a ring announcer. I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> so I ended up being the ring announcer for, like, the first the first two shows I ever had, or second or third show, I was the ring announcer. It was in this big, like, multi-sportsplex kind of deal. Did you ever see those? Did you ever go to those shows? Oh, it's at uh, what town was <sighs> I it? I forgot the name of the town. It was, like, is it Downey? No, I, I know what town you're talking. Yeah, I, I wrestled there eventually. With, it starts uh, with an F, I think. Fowler? Nah, it's around there. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was a cool it was a cool venue. I mean, oh, it, then it had, the Dermot Fieldhouse. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, place. yeah. I forgot what city, but um so yeah, we went there a couple of times. Um so what about Lucha Libre? Like what's the first time that you that had training in, in Lucha Libre, not American? Uh, for Lucha Libre. Um, so, yeah, once I did get to Lucha Extreme, at, up to that point, I was wrestling without a mask. But then Lance was just like, hey, we need mask guys. So I was like, all right. So then he told me to put the mask on, and I started wrestling as a luchador. But actual lucha training, I would just go around 
try to find schools. I think there was the, the nearest ring was in Stockton and in Upper Teeble's backyard. I'd go there a few times. Um, eventually, I did leave Lucha Extreme, and like when I did, um, I think the first person to hit me up for a booking was Victor from PLA mm-hmm. for a show in Sacramento. But at that show, he was telling me about these guys that live near. Well, he thought they lived near me in Los Banos that had a ring and had a school. It wasn't really a school at that point, actually. It was just they had a ring there, but the whole point was just for guys to, like, stay in shape, brush up, you know, work stuff out. So it wasn't really to train new guys. It was just for guys that already wrestled to train there. What gimmick did you start using, if if you can tell us, uh, like, the first time you were masked? Was it the design you have now, or was it a totally different name and design? Yeah, it was all different. When I started at Lucha Extreme, it was uh, started wrestling as Kevin El Divino. Um, my mask back then, it's I mean, it's kind of like the same cut I have now, really. Yeah. It's just the uh, Antifaz uh, design on it. It's different. Yeah, I think the first time I booked you at uh, California Lucha Libre, it was as Kevin El Divino. Or at least they told me that was your name, but I think you were just changing it to Diablo Azteca at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah I, what, what made you decide to change it to Diablo Azteca? Yeah, when I left Lucha Extreme, I, you know, I was fed up with it. So I wanted a whole new gimmick, a whole new start, basically, afterwards. And so what, just, was, what, uh, what, are the, what are the designs, like the, your design that you chose? Why did you choose that? And is there like a meaning behind? Uh, for the whole Aztec thing? Uh, I was just uh, like towards the end at Lucha Extreme, I was kind of going towards that altogether, just like slowly changing my gimmick for what it used to be, something more Chicano, something more Aztec, just something to appeal more, you know, to a Lucha Libre audience. Yeah, so the gimmick change wasn't like overnight or anything. It was just slowly, slowly progressing into it. It was the it was the evolution of <laughs> of Diablo Azteca. Or devolution. I'm surprised. Uh, this, there's this one uh, luchador named Evolution who would <laughs> pretty much take everyone else's mask and just said he evolved it. So he put he would put his design on top of your mask. You know, he even got Leon Akuza. It was like, what the? That's Leon's thing. It was like, no, I evolved it. I'm like, no, you didn't. Well, you stole it. Um, I feel like I'm gonna, I'm going to end up talking about evolution eventually, dude. Hell yeah, I should have him on here just to <laughs> talk with him. Um, so you were mentioning your amateur wrestling background, and was it high school? Uh, yeah, that middle school. Okay, so and, you have you had a lot of experience in that. Have you ever had to use your amateur wrestling skills in a match? Like, say someone's trying to shoot on you, or someone's trying to get the upper hand on you, like. Um, have you ever had to defend yourself by uh, using amateur wrestling? More, most often, or most most of the time I ever did was usually during training. So, uh, you know, you had to cinch someone up, but, you know, it's, I really never had that problem just because, you know, you go into a match and you lock up with someone, that's kind of like, you know, they can tell a lot about you. Yeah. Or same, you know, you grab like a wrist lock or a hammer lock, grab anything else. They can, you know, they can basically tell, you know, if you're worth or like if you're good in the ring or not. So I really never had a problem in an actual match 
mm-hmm. on having to shoot on someone. It's usually, you know, if a match goes to shit, I try to not do that just because most of the time it'll just get worse. But I mean, yeah, actually, I've, I've had to, but yeah, I, I'd rather not expose them just because, you know, they're students, you know, it, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in Lucha Libre, are you a fan uh, mostly of? Uh, what do you like better? I should say. Do you like chain rest, the lucha chain wrestling, or the high flying maneuvers? Like, if you had to uh, watch either one or the other, what is your preference? I mean, watching chains cool. Like, I appreciate it a lot. It's just hard though. Like, on finding a right audience, I will appreciate it because you know you could do the most baddest chain ever, where the crowd could just be like, huh? Especially if like they're not a wrestling crowd to begin with. If you're wrestling like at a festival, it's kind of pointless. So, I mean, they want to see the high flying stuff more. Correct. Yeah. Um, it just really depends. Because, um, I mean, yeah, but I'd love to just do chain all day, like the whole time during a match. That'd be awesome. But, you know, people don't really care for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I notice that a lot. Um, you know, I've seen guys like. Um, Negro Navarro and Solar go at it, and they're they're amazing. And then I'm looking at the crowd, and some people are just not interested. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially here in the United States, Mexico is a little bit more different because they're still, you know, they're still chanting and and jeering and cheering. And um, you know, if it's a great match, they'll go and throw money out there. I'm seeing that a little bit more up here now. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, chain wrestling has has always been amazing, but not everyone appreciates it. Um, who are your top influences? Let's say, let's say top five in wrestling or lucha libre like if you had to name your top five who would they be uh top five easy just psychosis you know ray juventude eddie and if i had to throw someone else in there ultimo dragon okay and you have actually um had the opportunity right to work uh either the the some of the people you mentioned or on the same cards correct yeah, actually, well, obviously not Eddie, but everyone else. Oh, well, I haven't met Ray either, actually. But yeah, you know, I've got to work with Psychosis. And that was pretty awesome. That was just like, you know, almost like a dream come true. It was pretty surreal. Yeah. I remember being, I remember being in the ring and then like hearing his music hit, and it was pretty nostalgic because it was, you know, it was WCW thing. And I, and I was surprised that he was going to be wearing his, uh, his outfit from WCW. Oh shit! Yeah, so it was like, oh shoot! And like that dude's walking out to the ring, gets in there, points at me. I was like, shoot! Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's awesome. So he didn't use the uh, Oye Como Va. He used the actual theme from WCW. Yeah, that yeah, no, always, stock music. <laughs> yeah, no, I always I've always marked off for the La Familia de Tijuana. You know, ever since I, I first learned of them when they had the when it was Halloween, Damien and and Nicho. I was and Lady of Victoria. Lady of Victoria. Well, Ray Senior. I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was actually just wondering about Lady Victoria. Whatever happened to her? Um, she actually, I saw her. I have at least one match that I shot of hers uh, for big time. She actually came up with uh, Halloween. What do you prefer? Rest. Who do you prefer wrestling in front of? American crowd or a lucha libre crowd, and why? Um, to touch back on the whole thing about cheating. I, if you wrestle in front of an American crowd, 
they I always feel like they appreciate the chain a lot more. They're more receptive to it. You know, you get the little indie pause, indie pause claps. Uh, you know, because uh, wrestling in front of a lucha crowd is easy, but it's, at the same time, it's not too fulfilling because I mean, they just want to they just want to do their simple chants. They want to you know have that nostalgia of like being in Mexico of saying like culero. You know, just, they just that's what they want to do. Yeah, but yeah, I really do appreciate wrestling in American crowds more, um, especially when they're like packed. But so far, I think uh, the biggest crowds I've been in front of were lucha shows, though. Yeah, um, most memorable batch to date, both good and bad. Uh, a bad match, like a match you're like, ah, oh, dude, I. Uh, I don't want to, I want to, I'm sorry for even bringing it up now, but I'm just yeah. kind of curious. You don't have to name names or you can just say yeah. where it was or, or why was it, what was it about it that you didn't like? Oh, okay. Like a bad one. Like I just remember the first time I wrestled at Lucha Extreme, it was, they did the taping thing. So, you know, you wrestled more than once. Yeah. So I remember, I think the second match I did on there, the first one, I had to wrestle guy Johnny Plinko and I go to the springboard to the outside right and um they got new ropes that day for the or they switched the ropes right so this is the same ring that we were training at and I'm used to springboarding on the it's like a hose on the on a cable mm-hmm. but the rope that they end up switching it to the hose wasn't connected all the way around the ring. So as soon as you stand on uh, the rope, so I go to springboard to the outside, the rope just rolls right underneath me. Like the hose part, I end up eating shit, like smacking, end up doing like a, a front flip all the way to the outside, eating shit on like, uh, like a basketball top. Yeah. You know, after that, like I just, I couldn't recover for the rest of the match. I mean, I, I got through the match and everything, but like my mind was just out of it. So that was that one was pretty bad. Damn. What about okay now? What about good? What was like the match so far? You're like, dude, this is this is fucking dope. You know, one I really like. I'm not saying it's like my favorite one, but I was pretty up there. Just uh, being in a moment is actually when I wrestled Roquero at uh, for Knox Pro. Oh like, yeah, I, I heard about that. No one recorded it, huh? <laughs> no, I mean they they have the footage, but I I think they're trying to shop around for like something or like for some some something to stream their catalog or whatever. But yeah, um, I love that match because it was in front of an American crowd and they were super receptive to everything we did and they were eating everything up. Yeah, we were on point, easy. This was uh, at Win Win River, right? Yeah, the Win River in uh, Reading. Yeah, yeah, I got to do a comedy there one time. I got so, lucky, but. man, because uh, on the way up there, I think if I, I took, like, one more exit up, I would have needed, like, snow chains oh, or, shit. like, higher chains. <laughs> I didn't have any, so I got lucky. Damn. Um, what has been your uh, – or one of your favorite road stories? Like, you know, in wrestling, you travel a lot. Like you said, you you have to drive to Reading from – you're in Merced, right? yeah. So, you know, even down to L.A., you know, we all have stories. Uh, what is one of your favorite road stories? Uh, 
riding with Billy Blade to Eureka is like eight hours. No, nah, I, I know I got a better one. Well, it's not my favorite one, but. And you could do more than one. I mean, we, it's, know. I guess, my favorite one to tell people because it was a pretty shit experience. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, when I went to uh, North Carolina with Manny Fernandez. It was just me, him, and his dog. Oh. <laughs> That's already amazing right there. Just to set up. <laughs> Yeah, there was supposed to be like two more guys that went with us, right? Two more students. It was uh for Wrestlecade. And it's like, you know, a pretty big deal over there. And I think at the time, like this was when Global Force was like still something that was gonna come up from Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. So like the it was like Global Force and some other companies in uh Atlanta, no, North Carolina that put it together. And Manny's like, hey, you know, I got spots for you guys. But, like, the other two guys that trained with us, they chickened out. It's not so much that they chickened out. It's just they knew better. Like, hey, we're not going with Manny. Like, across, you know, across the country. So, I was dumb enough and I went. So, (laughs) anyway, so, we go to North Carolina. We wrestle at WrestleCade. We got there kind of late, actually. Like, uh, Manny didn't get to wrestle. And then he's all trying to pitch to the promoters, like, hey, have me wrestle my kid. You know, he wanted to wrestle me one-on-one, but the promoter's like, nah, nah, nah. But I still got in the match. I got in, like, a, I guess, I don't forget what they call it, like, some big old, like, gauntlet type thing. Or It's pretty cool. They had a bunch of random people in there, like Glacier, like, Damn. Um, who else was in it? Uh, Ernest the Cat Miller, um, Jimmy Valiant, like, just random guys. Uh superstar bill dundee just random like random names oh and uh gender mahal was in it this was like right before he went back to wwe and got all jack became mm. champion yeah anyways so on the way back from north carolina then we go back again like the next week so the whole plan was to go there almost like every other week or something like that so the second time the second time up you know uh we're driving through El Paso. And then I'm in the driver's seat. Manny's on the slide because you know he said we're gonna split we're gonna split the driving, but I ended up doing like 95% of the driving. I remember like one stretch I was like driving like straight for like 27 hours. But um And he was just sleeping or what? <laughs> yeah. The sleeping bull. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we get pulled over just because uh, his front headlight was out. And uh, they go to run the plates. They're like, hey, just hold on a minute. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm all sitting outside. And then I look, <laughs> and like, like six or eight, uh, like, Texas Ranger, like, squad cars come up. I'm like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> they all with the guns out at the same time. I'm like, freeze, get on the ground. I'm like, shoot. Yeah, so they end up arresting me and Manny. Uh, yeah, so he, at this, I forgot to mention. So he just had a new car, right, that he got in Stockton. He's just like, don't worry, it's clean. I got the bill of sale and everything. So it's like, cool, whatever. You know, it's like whenever you get in the car. <laughs> I like the fact that he had to explain it to you. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like, you know, if I ride with you, Jesus, I'm not going to be like, let me see your registration. You know. <laughs> Anyways. So, yeah, we, we get arrested. We get sent uh, to the jail out there. And this was like Thanksgiving weekend or Thanksgiving week. So, uh, yeah, we're the investigator trying to like interrogate us for like 
forever for like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours trying to see, you know, trying to see like who stole the car and this. They're trying to say like that they had footage of like some Native American in Stockton (laughs) at a donut shop, you know, and they're like, that's you. And I'm like, dude. No, Did you have your gear in the back? Did you? Yes, yes. <laughs> and I try to explain, like, they're like, what, what, what's this all about? And what's up? It's because, like, Manny, man, he had like so much, so much fucking, uh, like, pills and stuff, dude. Like, you know, it's like you open up his bag and it's like a pharmacy in there. <laughs> so you know, they, they were thinking we were just like trafficking, like drugs or something. But I was like, nah, dude, we got booked on a wrestling show. I was like, well, who are you and stuff? And they're trying to like, they they look up the event, and it's like Wrestle Kid, you know. So it's like a big old convention, and obviously they're not gonna put over like the nobodies like me on it. So damn, they're like, well, your name's not on this. <laughs> Shit, how old are you? Uh like twenty four or five or something like that. Okay, it wasn't damn. too long ago. <laughs> God damn, dude, that is. That's crazy, man. Yeah, so I, I spent like almost a week down there in El Paso. Damn. <laughs> but then eventually, you know, they let me go just because they, they realized because like Manny was just an asshole the whole time during interrogation. And I was being cool and like, yeah, they ended up just figuring out it was all just him. And I think he spent like a couple months in, over there locked Did up. He- he could have said he was a he had all those skills because he was a pharmacist. He's got the Western medicine <laughs> and you're you're Native American, you got the spiritual healing powers. You guys are just trying to cure people, man. <laughs> but that that's that's a very cool story, especially because it happened uh yeah. with a uh, you know, pretty much a wrestling legend, you know. Yeah. Say what you say about Ban Manny, but he's been around. Yeah, what pissed me off about the whole thing is he was trying to say that we got pulled over because of me. So he would go tell other workers, like, it's because I was, like, swerving. I'm like, dude, no, your front headlight was out. I w- I've been telling you that. <laughs> yeah. Like, for exits already. All right, so I, I, I like this. I like the story time thing kind of deal. It's always been my favorite part of, of being involved in wrestling is, like I said, doing the road trips and then talking about stuff that happened. So tell me uh, an experience that you've had with the promoter uh like a bad experience at a show or or like a bad show a bad promoter whether it was a payout shitty payout or no payout or no draw or or what have you just tell me an ex- and i know i know because i've been to some with you so <laughs> i'm kind of curious to to know which ones you you'll you'll pick oh man basically every lucha show except like revolution and uh, you know, uh, Arena Hayward around here in NorCal, they've always been pretty shitty, even yeah. crappy. It's always from like a lack of promotion, what it really comes down to. Um, non throw gente, yeah, you know, just like, hey, cool, you know, we'll, we'll pay you with ceviche or whatever. <laughs> See, me, but, I wouldn't mind it. If I was a worker, because uh, I love ceviche, and a lot of friends give me shit because I'll eat ceviche from anywhere. Like, dude, you trust yeah. it? I'm like, hey. But, yeah, if, if you're working and it's like, oh, ceviche. Yeah, but for, for promoter, let's see. A shitty, or a shady promoter story, man. 
like uh freaking Pinales, man. I know. <laughs> yeah, he he passed away. I think uh, last year. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I can't look. I can't talk him up like he was a saint or anything, man. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, you know, like with I think the first time I worked a show for him, man, it's just like he's all stoked. He's got all this. Uh, he's just so stoked about his marriage. Like to him, like he swore like everybody wanted to wear a promotion as Pinales had his shirt. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the whole time before the show, he's just focusing on that. Like, not even, like, oh, putting a car together or nothing, dude. Nope. Um, what really got to me is just, uh, I was I was working necro- uh, necrosis one-on-one. So, I go up to him, like, hey, so who's a referee? And he just, like, looks at me, like, eyes all huge. All, like, oh, I was, on that, I was at that show. And he's like, oh, fuck. And, you know, I, I look around the show, dude, and he has, like, all these vendors, like random vendors, like more than just like Aguas Frestas and like Lotes vendors. It was just like random ones, like life insurance vendors. Just like, he just trying to like, he, he went, he, like he just went around hustling like all these like uh, vendors to like put a spot up at a show and charge him, right? But he didn't book no ref. He like, he never thought he had to book a ref or anything, right? So he ends up throwing his brother. At one point. Huh? They asked me to do it at one point. <laughs> yeah so he he ended up throwing his brother-in-law as a ref who's never been trained doesn't even watch wrestling or anything <laughs> so he wanted like a you know it was like four minutes into the match right and I, I put in the Mexican surfboard right and if you guys see that you know it's my back's on the ground right mm-hmm. this ref has no idea how it you know he has no idea if it's a pin or submission so he just starts counting he just counts to three right because my back's and I'm like dude what the heck we're like three, four minutes into the match, like, and I'm like, they just make it two out of three falls. He's like, what? Two out of three falls. Yeah, I do remember that. Because <laughs> we were watching and we are expecting one fall. Yeah. And then nobody knew what was doing. He was looking back at Pinales, who was on stage somewhere, and nobody knew, like, what was, I think you guys ended up having four falls. <laughs> it's not ridiculous like that. Yeah, it was, it was a shit show. Oh, I can't remember that fucking show. But yeah, that guy always had... You know, I always try to act in like he didn't make enough or whatever. Try to lowball people on pay. You know, he he'd bring you out saying this is your payout, but then you know he tried to lowball you at the day of the show. Yeah, um, I remember one time we did this. Sh- it was the very last one I did for him. It was a Cinco de Mile event at a sac in Sacramento at a park. So this was a paid event, right? Like the city paid him out, right? And how I know this is because I was the first one in the locker room. I don't want to call it a locker room, a tent, right? So I'm in the tent. I find a, an envelope, and it was uh, on the ground. So I just pick it up, just thinking it was like whatever, just trash. But then I I noticed it had a Pinala's name on it, and it was a uh, it was a check from like the whatever division or agency in of Sacramento paying him for the show, right? So it was already a paid show, right? And then towards the end of the show, he's like, oh, I got to hold on. I got to wait on getting paid out. You know, we didn't make that much money or whatever. I'm like, dude, like, I saw. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw I saw the check you got from, like, this, the city. Like, I'm not an idiot. Like, yeah. we, we know that all these festival shows are already, like, paid out. Like, yeah. they're paid shows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that, yeah, no, he, he was shady, dude. Uh. I remember Jason Styles had to shake him down backstage. <laughs> <laughs> For his money. 
I remember Jason backstage uh, would would go out to him and he goes, "So we're going over, right? We're winning." Of course, my friend. Of course. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Was that the same show, the one you just talked about? Was that the same show? Because you were talking about how they had, like, insurance and some lady was selling gift baskets, I remember. Yeah. That, was her, that was her angle. And then this person was making tacos, but they were grilling the hot peppers in there, too. So the fucking smoke oh, from the yeah. peppers went into the crowd, and <laughs> we all started hella coughing, dude. Like, we got tear gas. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, dude, what the hell is up? Yeah, shows like that do really piss me off because I'm just there standing and, you know, I promoted before. So I'm like, oh, dude, I'm just looking at the time they started late. The people don't know what's going on. There's no music. No one's going up there and saying, hey, we'll start in a little bit. It's all just no yeah. one knows what else going on. Exactly, man. You know, there was no uh, format to the show at all. So there's just like a dead time. There's a lot of downtime, nothing like He's not plugging anything, not plugging. Here's a here's a tip to anyone that hasn't been to a local like indie lucha libre show. If the flyer looks like shit, <laughs> <laughs> this show is probably gonna be shit. If there's people's name misspelled all across the flyer, it's probably not gonna be a good time. Well, the only problem with that is no one ever sees the flyers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They think just because, oh, let's post it on Facebook and that's it. Is uh yeah, I remember another one of Pinales, man. He ran the show at a like in the showroom of a car lot. And you know, like a the showroom of a car lot. Was, I think it was in Stockton or Sacramento. Yeah, it was in Sacramento because uh Virgil would run shows out of there too. Anyways, it's just all glass. It's all, you know, you can see the outside, the sun's coming in. I've right? seen pictures of that show, yeah. And so he pays for like a DJ to come out. He's just like, oh, vamos Ned, Lucy, sonido. So he's all stoked about all these lasers and lights and stuff. And, you know, the show's happening. Or right before the show's happening, he's all, he's all pissed off with the, the DJ guy, right? The light guy. He's like, he's like, where's the Lucy? He's, he's, he's like, don't understand las luces. And he's just like, they're on, man. Like, what do you expect, dude? Like, look at this venue. Like, it's all glass. Yeah. He's just like, and Pinales was trying to argue with him, like, whoa, make the lights turn on. And he's like, how? <laughs> like, They're not going to bounce back from the, mid, from the window. Yeah. Like. It's like 5 p.m. The sun's like dead level with the rain and everything. Yeah. Let's go back to the crowds. What has been your craziest fan interaction? Like either someone yelling at you or someone physically wanting to, to hurt you or – what has been? Uh, I guess her, really, yeah. Like, I remember it was me and Necro against Roquero and Sancho at a, at a bull, what do you call it, a rodeo? In was that in LA? No, it was Santa Barbara. There you go. Oh. Yeah, man. And, like, we come out and we were hacking messing the crowd, man. Like, we come out waving, like, a Trump flag. <laughs> uh, and, like, people were, like, legit pissed, dude. Like, they were, how, like, trying to fight, like, a, like, legit trying to riot, like, trying to meet us in the parking lot right afterwards and stuff. It was, it was <laughs> hilarious. Dude. They're just throwing a bunch of crap at us. Yeah. Uh, I had that pretty recently at a Revolution show, too. It was at a, at a brewery. It was an outdoor show. And, you know, I was just uh, jaw-jacking with the crowd like crazy, dude. With my Maquitil, I'm, like, knocking their beer over because I was able to reach and stuff. And, uh, yeah, they were just getting pissed, man. Like, they were, then they started throwing a bunch of, like, stuff at us, man. Like, uh, 
you had to go on the mic and like tell the crowd to like settle, like quit throwing stuff into the ring and stuff. Um, so all that crazy stuff. I remember I did a midget mania for Billy Blade, I think in Forestville. Mm-hmm. And you know, you get fans that are like, oh, you know, my God, I want this shirt so bad and stuff. And then I'm like, if I flash you, you know, well, you gave me this shirt, right? I remember this one chick was, yeah, she was trying to get a free shirt, right? Didn't realize, didn't realize that my girlfriend was right next to me. She's the one that was watching my merch and shit. You know. <laughs> wow. That's how I got this shirt, by the way. <laughs> I flashed them in those baños. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes they're weird, though. So, but I mean, I guess the advantage uh, Luchador has is that, you know, they can talk all their shit in the ring. They can get under people's skin, but they can, when they go home, they can take the mask off. And, you know, like you, you would put your hair in a bun with the baseball hat, some, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, there is that advantage, but there are people that are hardcore and they're like, wait, I think that's him. That looks like him, you know. Oh, it's hilarious. I always, uh, when I started training at Lucha Extreme, dude, people would always get me. They thought they knew who I was, but they always get me wrong. So they're like, I don't know who you are, dude. You're Super Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> like, if they saw me walking without a mask back, uh, after the show, they'll be like, I know who you are, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sometimes when I, yeah, sometimes when I travel with guys, when I would go to, uh, on the road to shows, I would be the one carrying the, um, uh, the bag. Like I would go in first with, with the suitcase with gear. And then the real guy would be behind me wearing a hat <laughs> or something. Yeah. And then some people were like coming up to me and like, who's that guy? Who's that guy? You know, and I, I'd always throw them off, like, oh, I'm Super Dragon. Excuse me. <laughs> it was so fucked up. One time I autographed some kid's name. I told him I was psychosis. I was an asshole. <laughs> um, when was the last time that you were legitimately surprised by someone you worked? Like, maybe you weren't sure going to them into the match how good it was going to come out, and then it was like, oh, shit, this... I've never worked this person before, and I, you know, I really liked the way the match came out. Oh, dude. <laughs> um, you know, I was surprised. I mean, I don't even know how it looks like now, but that first match at Arena Hayward with Ice Dragon and Mr. Punk, in my head, I think it was good. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I'll, pull, I'll, pull uh, it up. I'll send it to you. Um, when I worked Mantis Lee, man, I was surprised. <laughs> I was surprised I didn't get killed or anything. Like I didn't, I get, you know, you don't botch anything on me or anything. Yeah, where was that at? Uh, Camote Fest, <laughs> wrestling for charity. El Camote Fest, dude, that is like the most Mexican double entendre <laughs> festival. That can go both ways, dude. <laughs> I only, I only worked for, I only ever did work for the Livingston show. So, I only, I didn't work for wrestling for charity. I, I worked for wrestling for Camote. Wrestling for Camote. <laughs> What the fuck would come? What, what is camote? Is that s- like how, uh, sweet? Sweet potato? potato? Yeah. Yeah. But in Mexico, camote is a double entendre. You know what this means. <laughs> camote. That's your, that's your PO. <laughs> camote. Camote. Uh, have you had any embarrassing thing? Anything embarrassing happen to you either in a match, during a promo? Um, I guess my tryout for Revolution. <laughs> I know it's gonna end up coming. How long ago this. was that? 2016, 17. 
at least at least three years ago. But uh, you know, Anarchia invites me out. But I keep that. Or no, no, I don't think he invited me. I think he just pitched for me, uh, like vouched for me. But the match was uh, me and Necrosis, and like at the time Necro was green, 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 green. And uh, Evolution, man. He, he tells me like backstage, he's just like, so I'm going to end up using the nunchucks. I'm like, all right, that's cool. But he's like, I'm a gimmick, <laughs> right? So you know, I, I didn't think much of it. It's like, all right, he's going to be smart. He's gonna, you know, they're going to distract the ref and use it, right? This dude just lifts it out, like, blatantly in front of the ref and starts whacking me with it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, of course of course, he has nunchucks. Of course he does. He also has Wolverine claws. <laughs> has wrestling ever affected your personal life, personal or work life, or vice versa? Like an injury, like you had to miss an important family event, or you couldn't go to a show because of a family thing? I mean, all the time. I mean... Um, like last year I wrestled on my birthday, which is like the same day as my uh, anniversary with my girlfriend. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I really don't, um, <clears throat> I've always tried to have my life revolve around wrestling. So I made wrestling my first priority and everything else just has to fit with that. So I made sure I had a job that, you know, allow me to go train and keep my weekends open. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're yeah I mean there's times where like I get hurt from wrestling having to go to work and stuff but I mean that's kind of like that's not too often though but you know that shit sucks going to work all banged up fucked up uh, having like a black eye or something co-workers asking like hey what happened like, do you feel safe at home and then look at your girl <laughs> um, so but the type of work that you do like your your nine to five is yeah. not there is it physically demanding like um yes actually yeah yeah it's, i end up having uh restrain people okay so yeah i know that that's one thing i always admired about uh wrestlers and luchadores is that you know any wrong move you can get hurt even even uh if it's a uh temporary injury you know the type of work that you do can get affected a lot of these guys work construction and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, you break an arm or something, you, you could be out, you know, and that's how you feed your yeah. family. So that's, that's something to keep in mind as a fan, you know, um, of wrestling. Like these guys are out there, you know, putting their life in danger. So Yeah, yeah. Like I remember I was wrestling at Lucy Extreme. I was training four days a week, but I was working in the fields at the time. So I remember, like I remember one day it's like I get up, um, like at 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. to go to work. And right after that, like I had to go straight to like go do a ring crew for a Lucha Extreme show. Uh, and then the way the show, the ballpark was, we couldn't even take the ring out till like midnight later that night. So I didn't get back home until like 2, 3 in the morning. I had to go back to work at like 4 a.m. You know, then that shit sucked. Damn. I'd be like that a lot back then. Yeah. Um. What are the bigger or the biggest opportunity you've had in wrestling so far? I mean, like, pretty recently, I was, you know, I was in talks to going to go wrestle in the Philippines in August, but, you know, the whole COVID thing happened. Um, other than that, uh, I had a WWE tryout back in, like, 2015. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. It actually went pretty well. 
How did that go down? Uh, um, oh, man, this ties into that whole Manning story later. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so we go do the tryout uh, through Manny and Lance at uh, LX. We go one day to the SAP Center, and um, they decided not to uh, do the tryout that day because of uh, – this was, I think, when Hogan got caught up with that scandal, the sex tape thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. The gawker. Yeah, so he was supposed to be there, right? But then they had, I think it was like the Roddy Piper Memorial. But anyway, so they were just like scrambling backstage trying to rewrite the show. So they're like, yeah, we got no time for the tryout. Uh, next day is in Sacramento, right? So the next day we go to Sacramento. Uh, we do the tryout match. And, like, the match right before us, you know, like, they, they just shoot the shit out of them. Like, they're like, you know, I didn't, it, was, it was pretty bad. It was, like, seeing Regal just chewing him out. And it was, he was, like, uh, Gordon Ramsay-like, like, Simon Cowell-like, just fucking chewing these dudes' heads off. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I don't want none of you. He's like, I don't want none of you guys to get in the ring after this unless you guys know what the fuck you guys are doing. Does anybody else want to go up? And so I raised my hand and. The dude that I was doing the chat with, uh, Marcus Harris, he raised his hand. Till we go in there, and Regal liked it. He didn't say nothing bad about it. He's just like, "Really good, thank you guys." It was gnarly because, uh, like, Malenko was around the ring watching. Um, the Lucha Dragons were watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was uh, Hunico was doing the Sin Cara gimmick, right? And at the end of the tryout match, I hit the the Mystica right for the finish. Oh shit. But he, I was like, shit. Call out. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, so then we were supposed to go back. Because uh, this was in August. We were supposed to go back in January, right? But what happened in January, uh, Manny was still in jail from the getting pulled over in Texas. So, you know, uh, Lance Cardoza didn't want to take, uh, you know, he didn't want to take any more guys or go. But he... He told us that, right? But he ended up taking this other guy named Mortal. Mortal. And so, yeah. So he, he took some other guy. He basically like lied to us. Oh man, there's a lot of stories from Manny. I should have him on or one of the other podcasts. No, I shouldn't. Um, Fucking I was going to ask what what have been some opportunities that that have presented themselves through wrestling uh, as far as uh, outside, like for example, uh, uh, any commercial work, any films, any anything that came from wrestling. Um, have you had the opportunity? Yeah, man, I'm just kind of blank on that stuff right now, but because <sighs> I know you were in that commercial for, uh, I think it was the Earthquakes. Oh yeah, the PG&E commercial. Yeah, so see, yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. you get to do a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, especially as a luchador, man, it's uh more marketable so um you know when i changed my gimmick it was with that in mind um because i i never hit up people for bookings i never go hit up promoters and stuff uh, i'm not saying i'm really in demand but any booking i got it's because i'm getting asked to but it's what it comes down to i think if it just comes down to your look mm-hmm. yeah no for sure and I'm sure there's going to be more opportunities. Like you're, you know, you're still young, so you still 
you still have, you know, a lot in front of you, ahead of you. Uh, so lastly, just tell us, uh, what do you, uh, what's your goal uh, with wrestling? What's your goal with Lucha Libre? What do you, what do you want to end up doing? Uh, at least work Arena Mexico once. That's for sure. Uh, wrestle overseas. I think, oh man, like if this whole COVID thing didn't happen, I, I, I knew that would have happened this year for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a lot of, uh, you know, you, you also were going to travel to Germany, right? Not, not so much wrestling related, but you still. Yeah. Because you're a big music fan. Um, just talk about a little bit about music. Like what's your influences? What's the kind mm. of shows that you guys, that you guys like to go to? Uh, yeah, first show where I met you back when I was like 17 or 18, I want to go see uh, some thrash bands play. But I remember that band Savage Machine being there. And I, I thought they were cool. I think I, I did see him before that or after that too, though. No, I did see him before that. And uh, I thought it was pretty cool how it was a luchador. Like, you know, they were, they were all luchad up. Yeah, I have. Uh, I actually, I was I was wearing their mask yesterday, the, the bandana with their logo on there. I, I couldn't find my COVID mask, so I just used that shit. I'll just put it on there. Uh, but yeah, man, thank you. Uh, thank you for doing this. Uh, you know, you've always been a cool guy. Um, you know, I think you're hilarious. A lot of times when we're on our, our group chat, you know, we Photoshop shit, put shit <laughs> together, man. Uh, you know, you, you're very dedicated to, to your craft, man. I really hope nothing but the best for you. Uh, you. any, uh, where do you, where can people find you if you want to plug your social media or get these shirts? Man, I'm really bad on the whole social media thing. It's just like I purposely like uh really try not to put it over so much, but yeah, I'm on Facebook as Diablo Azteca. I barely made an Instagram with uh you know my gimmick, uh Diablo Azteca as well. Um yeah, I gotta I gotta get the ball rolling on that. And yeah, it seems like you need to like I I'm I'm worried about it too. Like I post more selfies and music shit than I do like stuff that to promote like stuff like this or comedy or whatever but you know it just seems like everyone's doing it now but that's that's how you gotta fucking yeah like when i was yeah when i was starting out dude i'd be making like um you know like uh highlight reels all the time sending it out but i've gotten really bad on not doing that lately yeah i need to get back on that yeah, get on it, brother. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, thanks for watching Indie Handshake. This is Diablo Azteca. And we'll see you next time. Indie Handshake. Indie Handshake. <laughs>